Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Spirit Room. I'm Melissa White. I'm your host, and I'm so pleased to have you joining me again for another episode. I hope that everyone is well. And I find that I'm asking, you know, how are you? But how are you really is the question, because I know, um, you know, for, for lots of us, we are just trying to get by and we're just looking at ways to um, really keep our head above water sometimes, you know, so obviously that's not everyone. There are some people that are thriving and that's amazing, but there's also a lot of people right now that I find really are struggling. It's, it is a difficult time for many, many people. So I really appreciate you guys spending this time with me. We're into December now, so um, holiday season coming up. I do have some plans to record some special episodes for the holiday season, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, Just an announcement before we get going. I wanted to say thank you to those of you who have joined the monthly Magical Membership. This is going to be such an amazing group of people. I'm super excited about it. If you haven't heard, it's a membership that you can subscribe to. And basically, each month, I'm offering each person a three-card reading to your inbox. So you'll get three cards that I pull for you, and I give you a little message about each one. And that's going to be your possible um, challenge for the month, your possible inspiration, and just the overall theme for the month. You also get access to a group reading live, which I will be offering to only the people in the group, uh, in the membership group. And then also you would get a meditation that I will post exclusively inside our membership group. Plus there'll be other perks along the way. Um, the beginning uh, of this, of course, is an introductory price. So it's $24.99 per month which comes right out automatically from PayPal. So it's super easy. And I find who who doesn't want a little bit of extra insight. And so I find I'm having a really wonderful time providing these, these, uh, these offerings to you guys. So if you're into it and you want to join, you can feel free. Let me know. You can always message me or email me. Um, the other thing is this Sunday, December the 13th, I've got a healing night. It's going to go online. And it's going to be wonderful. We're going to do some healing. And also I'll be offering little mini readings to each participant. And I've still got room there. So if you're interested anywhere in the world, let me know and you can join us. And I wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone that attended Kean's Wish over the weekend. I did a uh, mediumship demonstration in honor of Kean. And we were able to raise just about $600 for... Connect Place Children's Hospice. And so there's that's all going for toys for kids who are spending the holidays in hospice. So that was super, super fun. I loved it. It's always a really beautiful energy. I was super proud of two of my beautiful students who uh, so graciously agreed to help me out. Um, Brandy Bolton, who's been a guest on the show, and also Shante, um, who came and uh, yeah, they, they were brave and they uh, gave a few links, and it was quite an amazing experience to be a part of. So 
For those of you that attended, thank you so much. For those of you that donated, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It really means a lot to me, and I appreciate it. It's an event that I look forward to every single year. It seems to kick off the holiday season for me, you know, being in the spirit of that giving energy. And it connects us in a beautiful way. So I thank you guys so much. So for, I was going to say for us for this evening, it's evening as I'm recording this, but you might be listening at some other time. Um, I wanted to talk about the worst moments of my life. Now, <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a bummer, uh, but it's actually not. I, I've been thinking about how there's many people right now who are really going through the dark night of the soul for them. You know, there's been job loss, there's been relationships that have been put under pressure, there's strain and stress, there's been illness, there's anxiety. We're going through a period of time where a lot of people are being challenged. And so it got me thinking about looking back on some of the things in my life that I really thought at the time I don't know how I'm going to manage this. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, or I can't see my way through this. And, you know, I'm looking back and realizing that out of the most desperate and dark times, I've actually, I've come to the point where I am truly grateful because there's been some pretty miraculous outcomes, you know, since, since going through these things. So I just wanted to, to chat with you guys a bit about it. If you hear purring of a cat in the background, it is Gatsby. He is playful and he is laying beside me purring very loudly. So, I mean, if you hear it, it's just him. So, you know, that's where it's coming from. Um, Where to even begin? Well, I would say the first one that really comes to mind is... When I had my son, so my son is now 16, he's turning 17 in early 2021. So he's, he's, it's been a while. Um, But after he was born, I think I've maybe spoken about this on the podcast before. So I won't go into super all the details, but just to kind of give you the gist of it. I had been feeling a pain in my lower right side, like abdomen, during the pregnancy. And I did ask my doctor about it and I did get an ultrasound and they said basically it was just um, the, the muscles and the ligament stretching from pregnancy. And so nothing to be concerned about. I had my son, I was induced because I was, I had gained a lot of weight with him during the pregnancy and he was measuring quite large for his, um, you know, what his age, you know, and so during the pregnancy, they were concerned um, that it would be a difficult labor. So I was induced like two weeks early, and it was a difficult labor. So they ended up having to use the forceps and the vacuum and all kinds of things. He dislocated his shoulder on the way out. And it was just, you know, it was a it was a strain. It was a stressful time, uh, especially in the end, because it's having a lot of trouble um, just pushing him out. So he was born healthy and, and everything was fine. He was eight pounds, four ounces. So he was big. Had I gone the full two weeks or even had gone, had I gone past my due date, he would have been probably pretty huge. So, you know, um, I was just ecstatic. The moment he was born, I felt like 
oh, this is this is what I've been waiting for. You know, I was so excited. I couldn't sleep that night. He was such a chill baby. He slept so easily. I was the one that couldn't sleep, but it was out of excitement and anxiety and anticipation for the future and all those things. So brought him home. And I would say that it was difficult because I was feeling um, pretty rough. I, I wasn't sleeping. I did have postpartum anxiety. So it wasn't that, you know, I wasn't sleeping because he was a newborn. I wasn't sleeping because I was literally anxious about everything. And I know all new moms are anxious, but it was like debilitating. So there was a lot of worry. I, I felt that if I took my eyes off of him for even a moment, that he might not live, you know, that he wouldn't survive. And I just remember being terrified because I'd never known that kind of intense love before. And I just thought, how how am I going to protect him from everything? You know, so I did struggle with that. Um, and I was having trouble breastfeeding. You know, that was definitely a difficulty. I was having trouble managing that. And I felt a lot of shame and a lot of... Um, a lot of guilt over not being able to make it work, you know, so there was, there was, there was a few things going on. And also, um, I was having these pains. So I remember the very first time I was brave enough, it was probably two or three days after we'd come home from the hospital. And I decided, okay, I'm going to take him out, I got to go to the drugstore, got him in his little car seat thing and took him in his little carrier and got into the store. And I remember I stopped in the middle of the aisle and I had the most excruciating pain I have ever felt. And, you know, keep in mind, I just had given birth, you know, and it was worse than that. I felt worse than contractions. So I, I just had to stand there and wait it out. I had to let it pass. And so it was a couple minutes before I could even walk or move or anything like that. Picked up my son, carried him back out to the car, went home, and I just thought, what is this? Like, what is going on? So mentioned it to my h- husband at the time, and um, he didn't he didn't really seem to be too concerned. So kept going on with life and feeding the baby and everything like that, and middle of the night, same thing again. I was laying in bed, and it just this piercing horrific pain, so intense, couldn't speak, couldn't move, couldn't do anything, just, just literally just writhing in pain. And so I was like, I feel like I'm dying. Like I, I, we need to go to the doctor. Now at the time I didn't want to bring my newborn baby into the hospital because I was petrified of germs and everything like that. And also I didn't want to move him. He was sleeping and everything like that. So I don't think we ended up going that night. I think that I ended up getting, um, you know, I felt comfortable after a few minutes. I was okay. And then it just happened again. So I think after the third time I ended up going to see my doctor, my doctor ended up being off on vacation. So I saw a different doctor. Basically they had no nothing to tell me. They said it was just because I just had a baby. And I think they could see that I was exhausted and flustered and emotional. And I think that they just didn't take me seriously. So happened again. This time, I think it was the middle of the night, ended up going to emergency um, and just left uh, my son home with his dad. And I 
ended up driving myself to emergency and waiting and waiting and waiting. And basically, they gave me morphine. And I felt great. After I had the morphine, I felt wonderful. I didn't feel the pain. And uh, ended up going home. And there was a series of conversations about going to see a specialist and getting back to, you know, doing some kind of tests. And I ended up going to see a specialist. This is all within a few, you know, the first week of being home after having this baby. And I was young, you know, I was 23. And I also looked a bit younger, I think. So I really found that the doctors and the nurses kind of treated me like I was being dramatic. And I have to say that I don't think I was at all because I am a very, I have a high pain tolerance to begin with. And I am not someone when it comes to medical stuff, I can tough it out pretty good. So I was, I was, if anything, I try to be very normal and very like to the point and just like sort of I hide sometimes my pain. I, I'm not dramatic. So they basically, I think that were, they thought that I was just basically needing some kind of like attention or something like, I, I don't know. I just got the, I got the distinct impression. Nobody was really listening and nobody really thought it was a big deal. So I did go to see a specialist. She basically told me she was, it was her opinion that I probably had an STD. Now I knew I didn't have an STD because you go through your pregnancy, you're tested for all that stuff. Also, I was married to my husband and that was, you know, I knew, I knew I didn't have an STD. You know, I just knew I didn't. So I found that kind of offensive. I was really offended. Um, and she wouldn't sort of take no for an answer. So basically she gave me a prescription for antibiotics and said, if it happens again, if you get one of those attack, you know, kind of feelings, then you have to go straight to the emergency room. So I left and I remember one day just laying on my couch and my son was in his little bassinet beside me sleeping. And my mom, I guess, had decided to come by just to visit. And I had left the door open when like unlocked and usually I never would. So that day I, I did. I was passed out on the couch. She walked in and she took a look at me and she just said, we're going, we're going to the emergency room. Let's go right now. She said, my face was white. She was afraid for me. Like she said, I looked like I was like, I looked like death. And so I went and it's kind of a blur how this all went down, but I know I was admitted very quickly. They ended up, I believe doing some blood work. Somehow they figured out that something was really wrong, like really wrong. So before I know it, I was being wheeled into exploratory surgery. I had to say goodbye to my son who was like a week old or 10 days old or something. And I didn't know if I was going to be coming back. I really had a feeling deep down in my soul, like this could be the last time that I see him. So I was, I was so scared and I was, I felt so alone. I felt like nobody had listened and now we're in this mess and I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I remember laying in the hospital bed and I was by myself there coming in and out to prep me for things. And I just started praying and I said the Lord's prayer and I said, Hail Mary. And I just had a feeling of my grandparents, my dad's mom and dad, who were both in spirit at the time. And they came and they were on either side of the bed. 
And basically they were like, it's okay. You're going to be okay. You have to calm down. You have to have this surgery. And if you can breathe and if you can relax, you're going to be okay. Just, just take a few deep breaths. And I've tried so many times to put it into words to try and explain exactly what that felt like. And it's hard to really express. I didn't see them clairvoyantly, you know, which you'd think I, you know, that would be the case, but I heard them and I felt them so strongly beside me and I felt relief and I felt like, okay, I can do this, you know? So they gave me this beautiful gift of peace before going in for the surgery. And I remember waking up from the surgery and just feeling so disoriented and so lost. And the surgeon was telling me that my appendix ruptured and that they almost had to take out part of my bowel because the poison was everywhere. And he told me that I, I wouldn't have had 24 more hours. Like it, I had, it, it was my mom really who basically saved my life because had she not taken me, I don't know if I even had the energy to take myself another time to the doctor. You know, it's it, it gone so many times. And the thing that scares me the most when I look back is that I had gotten to this point where I almost, it's not that I didn't care, but I just felt like, well, maybe this is my fate. Like I'm, I know I'm sick. I know there's something wrong with me. Nobody's listening. I should be able to trust the doctors. If they tell me I'm okay, I guess I'm okay. And I sort of started to become just complacent and just kind of like, all right, well, I guess I can't be saved. You know, it was just this weird, I think, like mental state of just being so afraid, but not knowing what to do and being feeling very helpless, you know, at the same time. So when the surgeon told me this, I actually laughed. Like I, I laughed and I don't even know. I think I was in shock. I think I was just just so bewildered by the whole experience. And I remember this and I'm only sharing this not, I'm not trying to vilify my ex because we were both young and I think that he was definitely doing the best that he could. And neither of us could have been prepared for this kind of thing. Um, That is my cat. I'm sorry about the scratching sounds. He's just very curious and very playful right now. Um, But he basically, he, he came to see me for a few minutes after the surgery and then he left and he didn't cry and I didn't feel like he really was that affected by it. And it just did something to me. I, I felt like I'd just gone through this life altering event of having this baby and then also now this basically near death experience where I, I felt very close to the edge of, you know, this other world. And it felt like it wasn't a big deal to him. Now, I'm sure it was, you know, and and this is just my perception of that experience, but it really hurt me. And so I felt very alone. I felt very alone. I felt also extremely guilty because I was going to have to spend at least a week in the hospital without my newborn baby. So I felt like a terrible mother. I was already having trouble with the breastfeeding. One of the reasons they misdiagnosed the appendicitis was because I did have a fever because I had mastitis. So um, 
that is another reason why they they kind of missed the appendicitis. But um, so I had, you know, an infection in my breast. I was, you know, a week postpartum. I had anxiety. I had guilt. I worried that my baby wouldn't bond with me because I wasn't there with him. I felt alone in my marriage, like my husband didn't care that I almost died. Um, It was pretty low. And I think the lowest point was, I think it was the day after the surgery or maybe the day after that. I don't know. I was able to get up and walk and I had to go to the bathroom. And this may be TMI, but I think it just speaks to helplessness. So I went to go use the washroom and I realized I couldn't even do that by myself. I need someone to help me with that process. And it just, I remember sitting on this toilet in the bathroom and just bawling, just crying and feeling like, how can this be? Like, I can't take care of my son. I can't even take care of myself right now. And so it became, I I became quite depressed in the hospital. I, I was very lonely. I was itching to get out of there. I just wanted to go home and take care of my baby. Thank God for my mom. She watched my son, she looked after him while I was in the hospital and, uh, you know, up at night feeding him and all the rest of it. And, um, I really, really, I really, I think I need to thank her. I, I, I did at the time, but when I look back now at this point, I realize how much of a savior she really was. She really stepped up and was there for me. So, and I knew I could trust her. You know, I knew this woman, you know, my mom is a lot of my mom is a lot of um she's quite strong willed, she's quite determined lady. And uh if anyone, you know, could do this and, and do a good job and stay on top of things, she's it's her, you know. So I really was lucky and fortunate to have her. So what came of that experience though is that when I got home and I started being able to take care of my son and I healed eventually and my mental health healed as well. I started to realize that I was, it really illuminated the things in my life that weren't right. And really that relationship was not right. You know, there was a lot of things in that relationship that were not, not doing either of us any good. And and there was some major problems. And I feel like that experience of almost passing away at that young age really opened up my eyes to the fact that I'm here for something. I'm here for a purpose and I don't have time to waste on anyone or anything that isn't right for me. That's it, you know? So I kind of gained a strength. I kind of gained a determination to live in such a way that I was going to be very true to myself. I wasn't going to pretend. I wasn't going to quiet myself and, and, you know, not speak up and not stand up for myself anymore. And I really, you know, I, I needed, I went to counseling and I had an amazing therapist who really, really helped me to find my voice and to really, um, you know, she really encouraged me to be true to myself. And so from that experience, not only did I gain that sense of self, I also realized how resilient I am that I got through it, you know, was not easy. It was not easy to come home, you know, after the hospital and be in pain and still be recovering from this, you know, giving birth plus the surgery, plus the hormones and plus the guilt and all this other stuff. But it really put into perspective everything, 
You know, all that I cared about at that point was this little boy who I was going to love and protect and defend, you know, and, and just living a life that I could be proud of. And that I didn't have to hide, you know, what was really happening because I had been really, I think, pretending that everything was okay, pretending that I was, I was fine and I was happy and I wasn't, I I was in a, a lot of pain and that experience exposed that. And as tough as it was, I gained my strength from it. So when I look back on that, I also feel it opened my eyes to spirit. I, I really had a spiritual experience there with my grandparents and it got me thinking, you know, so I started going to have readings. My, I had a friend at the time who was really into it and she would just make appointments for me and tell me, Oh, by the way, I made your appointment with this tarot guy. Here's the address, you know, like she would do stuff like that. And, um, it started to become really clear that there was something greater than myself that I couldn't necessarily explain, but I knew it was there. I think it really brought me closer to God as well. And I, I credit spirit and God for getting me out of that situation that I was in. Um, so there's that. Um, another really, (laughs) another really difficult time in my life is, um, after my daughter was born about six weeks after she was born, my husband at the time, um, her dad ended up getting into a car accident that was pretty serious and he was injured. And basically he had been the person that was making most of the financial, you know, the breadwinner for the most part. I had been teaching in a preschool infant toddler room in a preschool setting as well. And so you don't make a ton of money as an early childhood educator and being on mat leave, you only get 60% of that, right? So I wasn't making a ton of money. And so he was paying for, you know, most of the financial, um, you know, expenses and stuff. And he got into this accident and he couldn't work. He was off work for years. So we didn't know at the time what the outcome was going to be or how long he was going to be off work, but it was bad. And we became in, you know, the blink of an eye, we were doing okay to feeling like we didn't know how we were going to pay our bills. We didn't know how we were going to pay our groceries. We didn't know if we're going to have to go to the food bank. Like you can only kind of survive so long. Young couple, we had a mortgage, you know, two kids did not have savings or anything like that. So there was fear. There's a lot of fear around how are we going to survive? It was also stressful because I really lost my husband in that process. He, um, it's almost like that accident really opened up some trauma for him. He'd had trauma in his life, just like, I mean, lots of us have, but it really seemed to throw him into kind of a, a depression and he did struggle. And I felt like it took him away from me. His personality had changed his, his, his way of being in the world had changed and it was, it was like a disconnect. And I felt like I was alone again, you know, um, the beautiful thing about this experience though, is that that's when I really started to find spirit. I ended up going to a meditation evening at a local, 
uh, metaphys metaphysical store, um, just to, I just, I'd never meditated. I just wanted to learn to manage my anxiety because I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating properly. I had a newborn baby. I was stressed to the max. And so I went and the experience was beautiful. I'd never meditated before. And what happened is it was emotional for me. I felt spirit. I saw spirit. It was one of the most amazing, beautiful experiences of my life. When I look back, I'm like, oh, spirit guided me there. You know, I didn't know it was a psychic development circle. I thought it was strictly meditation, but it was actually people there wanting to connect with spirit. That's why they were going to do the meditation. So it really opened my eyes and I started going back and I would go back every week and it became this solace for me. It became this thing that I looked forward to so much during my week because it was the one time where it was just for me. It was like an hour and a half that was just for me and I could connect with spirit and I felt so connected to them. I felt like these were my spirit friends, my guides, my angels. They were all there and they just couldn't wait to spend that time with me. So I started meditating on my own and I started um, practicing. You know, we each week we would do like a practice exercise with mediumship or tuning in psychically. And then organically people started asking me for readings. And then within like a month of doing some readings, all of a sudden it became this full-time job and I was doing it. This was my work. This was my this was my life. And it came at such a time that it allowed me to make a living for myself and for us to survive. And we were quite fortunate because um, my ex's, his mom did help us um, out as well, you know, so it was not just me, you know, but I think that the spirit really at that time came and, and said, here, this is, this is something that you can do. It's a gift to other people that you do it, but we're going to enable you to live. You know, we're going to give you a, a living so you can, you can do this. And I look back and I think, wow, like, had I not been pushed to the brink, had I not been like just down on my knees, just surrendering to God, I don't know that I would have found what I was looking for. You know, I think sometimes you have to be pushed. You have to be almost at that point where you just don't know. And I, I remember many times saying to God, I do not know. I don't know the way. I don't know the next step. Please help me. Please show me. And I never in a million years dreamt that I would be a medium, a full-time medium, and that I would teach other people and that I would travel you know, to Ireland and teach and I would go to the Arthur Finley College in England or that any of these things. I I had no idea that was in store for me. But when I look back, I think, of course, you know, it was it was always sort of there. And so the trauma, the difficulty, the the experiences that at the time seemed so painful and they were so painful. Um, really did open the door for something really beautiful to to happen. So, you know, definitely I feel that's that's one of those times in my life where I really do feel it was a dark night of the soul, for sure. So there's also um, times when I feel, um, what's another one? I did end up getting... Okay, this is this is another one. So after 
after, this is after I was awakened to spirit. So probably mm, maybe a year or two after everything happened with my ex's accident and he'd been off work. My mom called me out of nowhere and she sounded really strange. And she was like, Melissa, can you come? I think something's wrong with me and I don't know what's happening. Can you come? And so I raced to my mom's. Now we only lived about seven minutes apart at the time. So I don't know. I probably got there in like three minutes, but she was on her portable phone. She was standing in her like front porch area. She could barely stand up. She was, she looked disoriented. She looked dizzy. Her face was just, it looked like it wasn't even her. And I was so scared. I'm like, I'm going to lose her. I feel like she's going to die. And I, my first instinct was she's having a stroke. She's having a stroke. So I, I, I called 911 and I ended up being on the, on the call with the 911 and just relaying to my mom all the information that the dispatcher was telling me to tell her and um, trying to get her to just like sit and just wait. The ambulance was on its way. And it was in the moment. I don't even think I had time to really process or be worried or even scared. It was just like, I knew I had a job to do and I could do it, you know? So I was kind of like keeping her calm, trying to give the information to the um, dispatcher. And then when the ambulance, the paramedics came trying to talk to them, she ended up going to the ER and they dismissed her. They said that she probably had the flu and sent her home. Now I'd explained to them three or four times that my mom has high blood pressure. She's, you know, been on uh, medication for high blood pressure. She'd had many strokes in the past, like TIA strokes and stuff. And so, you know, like we gotta, you know, we gotta take this seriously. And I'd never seen my mom look like that. And I say like, I have a high pain tolerance and I sort of tough it out. My mom is tough as nails. My mom does not show any kind of weakness. And she looked to me like she was just completely out of it. I, I even thinking about it, remembering it is traumatic. So anyways, she ended up coming and staying with us. And that's how I knew as well. She would never, ever agree to have someone take care of her unless it was dire. And so she came and stayed with us and she basically slept for two full days. Like really we were just, I was checking in on her, bringing her like soup and water and stuff, but really she was just exhausted and she wasn't really doing much. Um, I ended up taking her back to the doctor, her GP, and he thought that maybe she had, um, what's the word? Vertigo. Because of the dizziness and stuff like that. She even found it hard to walk. She couldn't even walk because she was so dizzy. And so, you know, we were looking at that. Then I ended up taking her to the emergency room because she wasn't getting any better. And I wanted them to take it seriously. They did some kind of test. I think it was, um, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was an MRI yet. It was some kind of test though. And they told her, okay, you can go. So we went home and the doctor was going to call us, um, like her GP with the results and stuff, but they didn't see any reason why she had to stay. I got home and then I got a phone call from the ER, the radiologist that evening. It was like late. It was like 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. And he just said, I need you to get her back here right now. 
And so they had found something and they found a bleed on her brain. So I guess my point about this story is that it taught both of us again, because we'd already gone through this with me being dismissed and not, you know, my feelings and my um, intuition was completely ignored, but it, it taught us again, not to doubt ourselves because she might've been out of it and she didn't really, I don't think she knew, you know, to keep pushing because she was just, I think she was too sick. I knew something was wrong. And again, nobody was listening. So she ended up going through, you know, we thought for a while that it could have been a tumor. There was, it was just, it was, I was petrified. I was so scared that I was going to lose her, but she ended up pulling through. This is a woman who I feel is like tough. Like I just, I don't know where she gets her strength from, but she, she ended up pulling through and she's, you know, she's still amazing and still her tough self to this day. But that experience, I think as tough as it was, it really bonded us even closer. I mean, my mom and I have had our ups and downs. Um, I'm certainly more sensitive and kind of empathic where she's very, um, She's kind of like a black and white thinker in many ways, or she's very, she can be very tough, but so that at times we had not understood each other always, you know, but it brought us closer. And I think it really showed me, wow, like this is something that in the blink of an eye, you can, you can lose someone. And I think that, um, in many ways it was, an important experience for us to go through because we both really had to have that really reiterated to us that, you know, when something's wrong and it doesn't feel right, it's because it isn't, you know, and you have to be your own advocate and you have to be, you know, for your health and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know, I, I guess I just wanted to share some stuff with you guys to let you know that even if you are in the dark night, of your soul. You know, if I know some of you are grieving, I've got a good friend that's grieving. I've got, you know, clients that are just dealing with recent loss. Um, there's people that are stressing over bills. There's people that are stressing over, um, you know, estrangement with their kids. There's clients that I have that are missing children that they, you know, they don't know where their kids are. There's, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And I just want you to know if you're listening to this and you're struggling, just know that you're not alone in it and that it can, you can be grateful for these things one day. Not right now, not in the moment that you're going through it. I'm sure you're not grateful for it, but eventually down the road, you might find that you are. And I think that the pendulum always swings back to center. So, you know, the good times don't last forever, but either does the heartache you know, we, things change and that is really the only constant is change. So if you can hold tight to your hope, hold tight to the people that you love, show gratitude, show kindness wherever possible. Um, I think there's some magic in reacting differently. I have to admit, I, I am not the most patient person when it comes to um, life. I find that I think quickly, I speak quickly, I act quickly. I'm, I'm one of these people that likes to get things done. 
And I do find myself getting impatient sometimes with um, certain aspects or things that people in my life sometimes. And I've started to do this thing where I'm actually consciously, purposefully allowing myself to react differently. And I know it sounds really simple, but it's not. When you're hardwired and when you're kind of like used to habitually reacting in, you know, having impatience or getting upset or getting frustrated, uh, it's hard to go against that. But I will say, you know, it's amazing what just one time of just really choosing a different way, how much that can affect the other people in your life, how much that can affect the way that you feel. So I guess that's a bit of waffling on (laughs) on a tangent, but I really just wanted to put that out there for you. So if it's helpful, let me know. If you're listening, let me know. If you want to join the Spirit Room podcast Facebook group, it's a private group, you can uh, request to join that and I will approve you. And it's wonderful to be here with you guys. It's wonderful to have this outlet. And so just stay tuned. I'm making this commitment that I'm going to post a new episode weekly. So Tuesdays, by Tuesday morning, you should have a new episode uh, every week. So it's something to kind of look forward to and keep the momentum going. So just be kind, be kind to each other, be kind to yourselves. And let's, um, let's stick together. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening.